Today, we're wrapping up our first series of Warrior Wednesday with a very special guest. Sandy's going to share with you how fear came into her life at a very early age. And as she worked her way up the corporate American ladder, how her fear brought along friends until they turned into phobias and what it took to make her realize that she needed to take her own healing and transformation into her own hands. She's going to share her story to give you hope of your own transformation. You're listening to The Cosmic Valkyrie. I'm your host, Lynn Louise. My Dharma is to help you through rapid recovery from past trauma. My rapid recovery method will call your voice back home so you can reconnect with your inner wisdom and trust, moving you from observer to creator and manifesting the life that you've always desired. I combined ancient healing and wisdom with subconscious reprogramming to help you ascend and align with your higher purpose. You will integrate with your cosmic consciousness to create the expansion and success you came to Earth to experience. I'm honored you're here. Before we get started, let me state my standard disclaimer that all the answers on this podcast and in general are for informational and educational purposes only and in no way a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice. Do you find yourself struggling with destructive habits, such as emotional eating, compulsive shopping, online pornography, or even drinking too much? If so, I have a very effective gift for you. It's free. The link is in my show notes, or it's on my website. It's overcoming destructive habits in three easy steps. Go ahead and get your free copy today. Welcome to Warrior Wednesday. This is super exciting. We have a fearless leader on today. Sandy is going to share with us her personal story and how she overcame fear and how she stepped into her deeper purpose of helping others do the same. Sandy, just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, who you serve. Hi, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me on. My name is Sandy Gledhill, and I have spent my career as a corporate consultant. And my superpower is problem solving complex business problems. I'm happily married. I live in Southern California, although I'm a native Chicagoan, and you just can't take the Chicago out of the girl. So if you hear a little accent, that's what it is. I serve high performers who have had a measure of success, in some cases, a great measure of success, but who know that they have a deep calling on their lives for something greater. Mm. In other words, big destiny people who have not stepped into that big destiny, but they've had success. So people think they have. You're totally going to fit in great here because (laughs) we always connect with those in which we have been or are, right? So I too came from a corporate America background and a lot of my listeners jive with that. Awesome. Yes. And a lot of my listeners jive with being stuck. I'm excited to dig into your personal story. Because much like most of us, your personal story were imprinted on you from a very early age. You were telling me that 
It was when your parents, your mother announced to you that she was getting a divorce from your father. Do you want to share some on that? Yeah. So I lived a happy little life in the suburbs of Chicago. And uh, one day when I was seven years old, my mom called my older sister and I into her bedroom. I knew something must be up because this was the seventies and you just weren't allowed in your parents' bedroom the way kids often are now. And I remember like clambering up onto her high bed and normally it would be sort of a treat to be in there and maybe watch TV or something, but I could sense a heaviness in the room. I remember feeling like I don't want to hear what she's about to say. And when she did announce, you know, daddy and I are getting a divorce. I didn't actually know what the word meant, but even though I didn't know what the word meant, I will never forget how I felt in that moment. I felt terror. I, I felt like my entire foundation, everything I knew to be true was shaken. And I didn't even know why, but I know now that fear literally walked in that room, came up behind me, slid some cold arms around me and turned my life that day. What I know now is that fear can't actually operate in your life without your consent and your cooperation. But because children often don't have the language and the tools, like I didn't, but I think as a function of my personality, I didn't ask for help. Well, and I also think that in that time, during that time, therapy wasn't talked about. We didn't ever have those options. And it wasn't that your parents weren't looking out for you, but there was such a huge stigma around therapy that it wasn't an option. And here's what we were all taught during the seventies, buck up. Yeah. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and move on. So what I'm hearing is fear came into your life in a way that you never expected. And you really didn't know what it was. And you didn't know the degree in which it was going to influence your life. After that day, how did it play out through your adulthood? Yeah. Well, one thing I definitely learned about fear is when you let it in. So fear comes, it whispers to you. If you give it an ear and you listen, and then you actively listen, and then pretty soon you begin to parrot some of the lies that fear is telling you. And for me, ultimately, I grafted the language of fear into my own self and then began to speak internally and externally the lies of fear. And that's how fear comes in. And once it comes in, one fear will invite another fear. So as I moved past that, fast forward a couple of decades, I now have layers and layers and layers of fears lying to me, but I've also got this call on my life to leadership. I've got an extroverted personality and almost an inability to not step into a leadership role if it exists. So now I've got these two sides of myself. So I've got the extroverted, what looks successful to the world side. And then at home alone at night, you know, I'm treating my fears like a pet and I'm thinking about them and I'm feeling sorry for myself. And this is the interesting thing because I've, in my career, I've dealt with a lot of leaders in this exact same situation. We somehow believe that the scared, uncertain, unclear part of yourself is the real part. And then the extroverted superpower, you know, awesome part that you're putting out there that that's fake. And really the reverse is true. I love that. Is the lie. And your awesomeness is, is your true identity, who you really are. 
and we believe the lies of fear and get it backward. And it who jacks you, up everybody. Who you came here to be is your strength and power. I say this all the time. We didn't come here to struggle. And that goes hand in hand with this. We didn't come here to play small. Right. Well, and I say all the time, fear tells you it's keeping you safe, right? I had a fear of heights. I had a fear of flying. I had a fear of roller coasters. I had a fear of, you know, all the fears. And ultimately some of those actually turned into full-blown phobias. You have entered into a contract with fear without knowing it. And fear says to you, you hand over your free will. Give me the reins to your decision-making. You don't, you no longer have free will. You just say, no, I'm afraid I'm not going to do it. And fear says, I'll keep you safe from that bad feeling you get. And so you enter into this bogus contract, but fear has breached all the terms. Fear never keeps us safe. Fear keeps us small. It is not the job of fear to keep you safe. It's the job of wisdom. Fear masquerades as wisdom all the time. Fear Mm -hmm. is not wisdom. You allowed that fear to grow and partner up with other fears, eventually turning into phobias. What was the turning point? What happened that made all that change? I had three catastrophic events happen in my life. The first was that my precious, vivacious, feisty little six-year-old daughter was diagnosed with a massive brain tumor and it was threatening her life. Shortly after that, I had made a fear-driven decision to get married. Um, It was the wrong decision. I was a single mother, married the wrong person, and that 10-year relationship ended badly. And then ultimately, I had my own catastrophic diagnosis with an aggressive breast cancer in 2011. So between 1999 and 2011, I just had this series of events. And in each one, it became clear to me that I could not survive with the level of control I had handed over to fear. Like I literally at times felt like I was drowning. And so I did what I knew that I could control were my thoughts and my words. And so I made a decision that I was going to begin a quest, just giving myself purpose and taking step one toward these things that are meant to like take me out and destroy me. They actually really became catalysts for the miracle in my life, which is fearlessness. Through that 20 years, one secret after another was revealed to me as I just didn't give up. Like you said, I was not designed to struggle and suffer. I get exactly what you mean. People like us do things like that. We spend decades (laughs) learning the secrets and then we deliver it in a fraction of the time to people because we know what it's like to struggle. We know what it's like to get those catastrophic news. As I'm listening to your story and I hear about the three situations that came into your life that were so uncomfortable, I'm drawn to look at it. And I think you'll agree with me. Those three events were forcing you to look at your life and let go of what no longer was serving you. Yes. And once you let go of those, letting go of all that crap that doesn't serve you anymore It allows in all that creative power to manifest what you truly desire, AKA living and thriving post breast cancer. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I live in like vibrant supernatural health now, but through that process, one of the things I talk about in my book is I had a revelation around the language I was using. I'm pretty hyperbolic. I'm just a kind of big out there sort of person. And so the bigger, the hyperbole, the better. So I realized as I had decided we were going to speak total positive self-talk, 
Like I was speaking affirmations over myself and I'm a big, like I anchor my affirmations into a truth. I believe that truth needs to be eternal, irrefutable and outside of my own strength. So for me as a believer, that was eternal truth. But here I am like speaking, I am whole, I'm well, I'm healed, even as I can't lift my head up off the pillow. And then I would hear sneak out of my mouth. My head is killing me. I'm sick and tired of throwing up. And I realized I'm triggering my brain that something's killing me, that I'm sick and I'm tired. And of course, we know what we speak triggers our brains to go find evidence of our internal narrative. Our brains don't know if it's a truth or the lie. They only know what we tell them internally and externally. And so I realized like fear has weaseled its way into our vernacular. And if you look at idioms, axioms, maxims, around time, just how we feel, they are overwhelmingly negative. And I believe that death language is lethal to our health, our abundance, our happiness. And I have now taken control over what I speak. You know, that was one of the secrets that came to me that has been so life altering and allowed me to really walk in this fearlessness. Our words have so much power and it's our logical mind that actually talks our subconscious mind into what to believe. Yes. And the world has taught us what the world should be like. And it's all a lie. Yes. (laughs) It is all a lie. Totally. Yes. I think we, as a society, even we have accepted certain truths. Like if you look at time, every axiom around time, every, every cliche around time is negative. Oh, there aren't enough hours in the day. Time is against me. You know, I ran out of time. None of that's true. Time is a gift. And do you know that super abundant, successful, productive people innately understand that time is working for them, not against them. Your life is happening for you, not to you. And if you can get a hold of that truth Your perspective, your lens changes over everything. When that happens, your language changes, and then the world orders itself around the abundance that you were meant to walk in. And when people struggle with that concept, I go, look, let me give you a perfect example. A couple finds out they're having a baby. What's the first thing they do? They go buy a crib. They have a shower with their friends. They buy bottles. And before that child is even born, there is an environment of abundance that is created for that baby to be born into. What makes you think that you're any less than that in the larger sort of cosmic sense? I believe each of us had an abundant environment that we were created to live in. And the only reason we're not is we're not believing it. We're not speaking it. We're not actively trying to walk into it. It's that physical brain that gets in the way. Our habits and our subconscious talk us out of creating the life we desire at every turn. You have to reprogram it. And you know, it's really interesting when I hear you speak about the words that you were using, wanting to keep them positive, and then you'd catch yourself speaking negative vibrating words. Mm -hmm. So my whole thing is brain science. Your logical brain might be saying one thing, but your subconscious is telling you a whole nother thing, but there's such a great ability to change that. And you're proof of this. You have everything that you need to be able to switch the dynamic of your outcomes through taking that context and switching Mm -hmm. it in your subconscious so that it is supportive and an ally instead of a critical thinker keeping you trapped. Yes. You and I, we're not special. Everyone has this capability. 
It's just that they don't know how to get there. I love this analogy. I tell people like, if you knew that you were living in a box, would you want to get out of that box? And they're like, yeah, I would. Sure. And I'm like, well, what if I told you that the instructions to get out of that box are on the outside of the box and you need the instructions to get out of the box. You and I are those people delivering those instructions outside of the box. So I love like meeting more people that are out there changing lives, transforming lives to create abundance because there is enough for us all. It is not limited. It is an untapped resource that anyone can have. It's so true. I actually laid down my corporate consulting career to become a fearless leader coach because I believe so passionately that everybody needs to be impacted. Here's the thing with fearlessness. The whole world's talking about courage. We all sort of understand this concept of courage. Courage is when you take action in the midst of fear. And we need courage because that's the thing that pushes us out of our comfort zone every now and then when we need it. But we've made courage the end game, like operate in sustained activity, fearful action. And that is not a sustainable long-term strategy. So that's where fearlessness comes in. And fearlessness is not a feeling. It's a mindset. It's a lifestyle. It's a label and a designation that you give yourself as you're giving yourself permission to become. So when I'm introducing myself, I often say, hi, my name is Sandy. I'm imperfect and in process and yet walking boldly in my purpose. And that is why I wrote the book with seven secrets. There's literally action steps with each chapter that you can walk through and implement. I believe every person on the planet solves a problem for a group of people. And if humanity would work together in that way, which is why I love the podcasting platform, we're all taking our passion, our purpose, our destiny, and we are amplifying our voices in the way that we were meant to do. How can people locate you and your book? You can find anything at my website. So my website is thefearlessrevolution.com. Book is available on Amazon, both in an ebook, Kindle version, or paperback. But in the near future, I hope to be actually training up fearless leader coaches. I'm looking forward to this creating an army of people who resonate with this message, who learn to walk in fearlessness themselves, and then want to help set the world free from the lies of fear. So we've got big things on the horizon. I love it. And I'll have all (laughs) that information in the show notes. But I want to thank you so much for showing up for us today. My pleasure. It has been so good to get to know you. I love your podcast. I've listened to many of your episodes and it's been an absolute pleasure to be a guest and to serve your audience. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. If you love helping others, then please share this via social media with your friends and family. If you found value in it, they will too. Also, if you have questions, I'm here for you. You can email questions to thecosmicvalkyrie at gmail.com. I may even use one of your questions for future podcast episodes. And finally, I do have a personal request. I believe that we're all here to help each other heal, grow, and evolve. So if you would please leave a nice review on iTunes, I would be forever grateful and together we could transform more lives.